are uh, closing out today a short series that we've done on Activate. Now, Activate is a program uh, that our church has chosen to be a part of in our association. It's essentially just uh, churches evaluating, uh, kind of looking at their present reality uh, and trying to figure out how to get to their preferred future. And so uh, the first thing we did in that was to take a survey, and that revealed a couple of weaknesses. And we've been looking at that, those weaknesses uh, this month, and first we looked at uh, the weakness of, uh, we have, uh, many of us struggle with prayerful dependence. So we're a church that's doing a lot of great things, but we're struggling with really bathing those things that we're doing in prayer. And the second thing is personal uh, initiative and in ministry, and that's inviting others to church or sharing the gospel. And we'll go out to a park, if the church sponsors something, we'll sign up for a mission trip. When it comes to our daily lives, Many of us struggle with the courage to, to make a move towards people in sharing uh, faith. And so uh, last week we began talking about evangelism uh, and that personal initiative and ministry, and, and we will uh, finish that up this morning. So 2 Corinthians five seventeen through 21 tells us about being ambassadors of Christ. Verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new cre- creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. As ambassadors of Christ, we share a reconciliation that we ourselves have first experienced. It is is personal. It is personal. It's not a foreign concept that we're speaking something that's never happened to us, but this verse says that we are reconciled to God and then we are given the ministry of reconciling others to God. And so we have a testimony of reconciliation that we are to use and to share with others. And first we we see that that's a testimony that humbles us. Knowing that we have been reconciled through the gospel helps us to proclaim that message of reconciliation in humility. We come as those who first needed the gospel of reconciliation before we ever preached the gospel of reconciliation to others. You understand that? We come as those who first needed it, desperately needed it, before we ever proclaim, or called to proclaim it to others. Ephesians 2.13 says this, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We all, every last one of us, were apart from Christ. We were far away. We were far off from God and we were brought close to God. There's some disagreement of where this quote comes from, but when in doubt, just say C.H. Spurgeon. So C.H. Spurgeon said, evangelism is simply this, it's one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. And that's what we are as evangelists. We're out there telling other people about the source of good news that we have received. We, 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 we're beggars 
that desperately needed bread, and we know now, because of Christ, we know where that bread is, and we go and we share with other beggars, hey, you got to go there. That's the only place where we can be satisfied. The story of one sinner, it's the story of all sinners. I don't care whether or not you were converted from a cookie addiction at age 7 or a meth addiction at age 40, the story of all sinner, the story of one sinner is the story of us all and that is the story of this is that we were far off from God and then we were brought close to God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Reconciliation is always always a miracle. Always. Your testimony is not boring. Any sinner that comes to Christ is an amazing story. And so it's a testimony that that not only humbles it, it helps us inform others about what the gospel is. You know, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big, I buy a lot of stuff online. And so one of the things I do is I like to look at reviews. If I'm buying something, I'm, I'm kind of sick in the way that I research it. And I'll go and I'll look at the reviews, and if it doesn't have at least a thousand reviews, it's like, man, I don't, there's no way to know what that product is. I want to see a product with thousands of reviews, and then I want to click on and see, hey, what do the people that love this product say? What do the people that hate this product say? Because I want to really figure out if this is a product that will help me. Now, don't misunderstand me and, and to say that as if I'm saying the gospel is like a product to be peddled and people just need to hear the good reviews. But there is an aspect in which our testimony helps others see how the gospel truly changes the human life. It's something that they need to hear. There's something very powerful about hearing how someone has experienced the gospel. You know, one of the things we do in our Membership Matters class is, is we teach, uh, teach those in the class, hey, this is how you write a testimony. This is how you do a testimony. And then we have them uh, write out how they came to know Christ and what Christ is doing in their life today. Nothing extravagant, just, just a paragraph or two. And one of my favorite things as a pastor of Wyatt Baptist Church is sitting in my office before I interview somebody for membership and, and just to be able to read that testimony. It's just an amazing, it's never boring. It's ne- I don't care if the people were converted at, at eight. It's never boring. It's beautiful how God brings us all to Himself with the same gospel, but many times in varying ways of, of uh, working in our hearts. I'll never forget evangelism, taking evangelism explosion in seminary. And one of the things that we as seminary students had to do, and a lot of us had, had really boring testimonies of being, ser- being saved at an early age, being brought up in church. And so, but we, were all, we all had to write out our testimony. And again, it was just always beautiful to see how even people just converted at a young age that didn't have a, you know, a crazy story still had a beautiful story to tell. You know, if I told you, I mean, we, we are, 
we are as humans wired for story. We like to hear the story. So when we share the gospel, people want to hear your story. And so I ask you, like if I were to say, hey, give me your testimony, would you be prepared to do that? We should all be ready and, and able to just give a, the, the story of, of how we came to know Christ and, and what Christ is doing in our life now. I mean, if you haven't ever done that, I encourage you to, to sit down, write out that testimony and say, well, this is what I think I would need to share with someone if they needed to know my story of how I came to know Christ. And be careful how you do it. It's not so much important about who was preaching the revival or when you walked the aisle or what age you were. I mean, those facts are okay. But man, what people really want to know is, I mean, what was going on in your life? What was, was there, did you have a, you know, some of us, we really, there was a fear of death and a fear of standing before God that motivated us to, to seek God and, and to, to respond to His gospel. Some of us, there was a sin that we were caught up in that just wrecked our life and we were wanting, we realized that, man, we are sinners in need of God's grace. And, and so there's always a little variance in how, in all of our stories. And figure out, where is your angle? Where, where was that place in your heart that, that God took hold of you and made you aware of your need for Him? Our testimony is very powerful. Very powerful. So we should all be ready to give that testimony of reconciliation. Next, we see here that ambassadors of Christ are given the ministry of reconciliation. We're given the ministry of rec reconciliation. And the ministry of reconciliation is for all believers. Look at verse 18. Read it very, read it very carefully with me. Does it say... Reconcile, reconciled us to Himself and gave pastors the ministry of reconciliation. It's not what it says. Does it say reconciled us to Himself and gave super-Christians the ministry of reconciliation? Is that what it says? Corinthians is a letter written to an entire church. To which he says, reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. If you have been reconciled to God, then you have been given the ministry of reconciliation. You have been automatically called to the ministry of reconciliation if you have been called to God. This was written to all that have found reconciliation in God. If you have experienced personal reconciliation with God and are not engaged in the ministry of reconciliation for others, you are in direct disobedience to God. God just assumes that people that are reconciled will be people that are involved in the ministry of reconciling others. It's nothing that we are told that we can opt out of. To let the pastors do it. To let the deacons do it. To let the, man, the, the super Christians who are really into Jesus, let them do it. No. It is for all those who are reconciled, have been reconciled to God. 
So much so that he, he puts in these strong words that are just very moving to me in verse 20. We see that it's a ministry entrusted to us. It says, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making His appeal through us. Let me think about that. The sovereign Creator of the universe could have written the Gospel in the stars where it was there every night for people to see. He could have had the birds sing the Gospel and put it on a continuous loop every day in the trees. And yet this verse tells us is that what He has done is He has made us the method. Making His appeal through us. Through our testimony. Through us speaking the truth of the Gospel to people who so desperately need it. I can't remember where I first heard this, but it's a, a fictional conversation taking place between Christ and His angels as He returned back to heaven. And so Jesus comes to heaven and, and the angels say, did you get it finished? Did you do all that, that you were called to do in your mission on earth? And, and Jesus said, man, I've, guys, I, I, I did it all. It is finished. I did everything. I lived that holy life and I, I died on the cross in perfect obedience to God. I've secured salvation for all who have faith. And they say, well, so do, do they all know about it? So, are, you know, is all of man, have they come to the knowledge of of the gospel, did they know about it? And he said, not yet. Well, how are they going to know about it? And, and God said, well, I left it with, with some 12 disciples and a handful of other followers, and they're going to take it to the world. They're going to inform others about what I've done. And as the angels look upon a bunch of retired fishermen and, and ta a tax, retired tax collector and, and, and then looks at, at the other group that's kind of around too and a, a former prostitute and they look down and they say, they look at that ragtag group of people and they look at, at Jesus and they say, what is plan B? And Jesus says, there is no plan B. The plan, plan A is the church. And there is no plan B. They'll get it done. They'll take my message to a world who desperately needs it. Folks, the church is plan A. And there is no plan B. The only thing standing between the lost people of El Dorado or Magnolia and hell are a ragtag group of individuals that have been reconciled to God and have been entrusted with the ministry of reconciliation. That's it. And if anyone comes to Christ here in South Arkansas, it will be because some Christian came to them and invited them to church. It will be because some Christian put a Bible in their hand. It will 
be because some Christian sat down with them and said, let me tell you my story about how I came to know Christ. There's no other plan B. We need to stop acting like somehow if we let these lost people pass through our lives without sharing the gospel that somehow they're going to get caught somewhere else and someone else will tell them there is no plan B. We are as the church, as the reconciled of God, we are the first line of defense. And if we let people go through that line of defense thinking something else is going to give them the gospel, there's no guarantee of that. God's bringing people into our lives so that we can be that line of defense to share with them the gospel. And what I want to kind of close out now, uh, which is going to be a little more challenging without the screens with the technical difficulties we're experiencing this morning, is, um, is just some how-to when it comes to sharing the gospel. Because many of there's many who Man, I'd love to share the gospel. I'm just scared to do it. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. And so uh, I want to just spend the, the last bit of our service here seeking to answer that question. Because this, um, this text speaks of us as, as being ambassadors of Christ, that, that we are given the, mini, the, the message the message of reconciliation. And that's what we are given uh, to give to others. And so, let's just talk about that. How do we, how do we give that message to others? Um, the first thing is I would say is, is ask questions of the person that you're talking to. Getting your bearings for, for where that person is starting from. I've always thought that this was the strongest part of evangelism explosion. They, what they call the diagnostic questions, and those are uh, essentially this. Is, is One question is, is eternal life something you would say you have, or is that something you would say you're still working on? That's a revealing question. It lets, it lets people know, uh, or lets you know, where is that person, do they see it as a uh, as, as you're earning it, so you're hoping one day you'll get there? Or is that something that you've been given by faith because of Christ's work? That reveals a very important thing. Another, the other question is, if you were to die and stand before God and He were to ask you, why should I let you be with me here in heaven? What would your response be? And, and you get to hear by their response, I mean, what is it that they're trusting in? Those two questions reveal a lot. And, and in a less formal setting, man, if you're having lunch with a friend, I just say, man, what are your thoughts on God? What do you know about God? Do you, would you say that you know Him? And just ask questions. Are they, you know, there's just, are they someone that, man, they just love their sin? They got no desire for God because they just love their sin. Or are they someone that, Man, they're just self-righteous that they believe that they're somehow good enough that, that man, God's going to save them because they've got a lot of good stuff going on. You need to know where they are on that spectrum because it'll determine the things that you emphasize as you tell them the gospel. Have you ever been in church? Have you ever been hurt by the church? Why are you not in church 
right now? Those are great questions. The better questions that you ask, the more and the more you listen, the more you are better able to minister the gospel, minister the gospel instead of just dispense it to them. And we need to make sure that, that we present the complete gospel. Verse 20, as we already looked at, says we make, that God makes His appeal through us, so we want to make sure that we have a correct appeal. You know, the gospel doesn't have lots of moving parts to it. If you were to really break it down in a simple form, you have God's holiness and our sin. And that's the condition of man, where we are as man. Why we, I mean, that's, it's the bad news that God is holy and we are not. And that's the first thing. Second thing of what Christ did, His, his, his life, that, that He existed, that He died a substitutionary death, it's important that we speak of well, why did he die? He died for us. He died for our sin, a substitutionary death, and he was resurrected. That's the second thing of what Christ did. The third thing is what we do in response. So the, that the Bible calls us to trust and repentance. It calls us to, to turn away from our sins and turn to God and, and to believe that he did all that it says he did. Everyone. Everyone here should be able to, if someone said, what is the gospel in a minute or less? Everyone should be able to do that. Just to be able to, to sum up, uh, what is the gospel? How, how is a person to be saved? To, to give a one-minute summary really helps us to think through, well, what are the essentials? What is the most important thing to say? If you're going to share the gospel uh, along, and this is still along these same lines, is I mean, you need to have the bones of the gospel. You need to know at least what are the things that I need to make sure that I cover, you know, despite what verses I use or what things I emphasize. What are the bones that are going to provide the shape of, of the gospel and make sure that, that it's all there? Um, that's not a new concept. That didn't happen just recently with the bridge illustration or the, the, the different methods. C.H. Uh, Spurgeon uh, often uh, through evangelism, we, when he talked about sharing the Christ with kids, sharing Christ with unbelievers, uh, uh, adult unbelievers, he always talked about the three R's of evangelism. Spurgeon said this, he said the three R's are this, they, they are ruin. Ruin. Talk about ruin. And that is, again, man's condition of separation without God because of sin. The second R is redemption. What Christ did to reconcile us to, to God. And the third R is regeneration. What are we to do in response to what God did through Christ? Ruin, redemption, regeneration. There are four themes that many people speak of as when you share the Gospel to just kind of reveal the whole story of the Bible, and that is uh, creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. So creation, just establishing that God is the Creator. He's holy. He's just. We are made for His glory. Creation. Then fall, speaking of 
the fact of what happened in Adam and Eve and how we all fell because of their sin and we were all born into sin. And that's our condition without Christ. We fell. So creation, fall, redemption. What Jesus has done and how we are to respond to what He has done. Redemption. That's Christ on the cross. Creation, fall, redemption, and then restoration. Christ restores us to Himself when, when we trust His Gospel, when we believe in His Gospel, repent of our sins. He, restore, he will eventually restore the whole world. If nothing else, make sure that you proclaim these themes. The Gospel is not complicated. It's not the, the message of reconciliation. The message of reconciliation is not complicated. We can all share the fact that we're all sinners. We've all fallen. And the fact that Christ came to die in place of us because we deserve that wrath of God. Jesus died in our place. And then if we respond and believe that, that we will be saved. I want to, and again, this is going to be difficult without the screens, but pull out the cards that you were handed. Now, there there are some verses that are listed on that card that will help. Uh, This is called the bridge illustration. Uh, It's a very popular way of, of sharing the gospel. I like it because it's flexible. Uh, there's things in here that you can emphasize if you, if you know the person that you're dealing with. And uh, There's verses there. We're going to just take one verse, and that's Romans 6.23. And we we're, we're going to kind of use that verse to look at this picture here. Um, and Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, so you see in your picture on your card there, or if you're drawing it, which may be helpful uh, to just draw it out piece by piece, you have two cliffs. Okay, anybody, I'm a terrible, terrible artist. Anybody could draw this picture. Two cliffs. And one side of the cliff represents our condition without God. That's uh, that's sin and death. You know, uh, you could circle, you could write this verse out above the picture. Circle for the wages of sin is death. And talk a little bit. You could talk about you know, what is life like without God. And we all, we you know, sin has its way with us. We have we don't have any purpose. Our life is miserable because we're not glorifying God, and that's what we're made to do. Uh, just just talk about the sin and death that that is our life because of our sin, because we are apart from God. The other cliff represents life with God, that this eternal life that Romans 6.23 mentions. So you would circle maybe eternal life and draw that other cliff and and you draw, uh, and you talk about, man, life with God. Like, why is life with God great? And you draw men, you draw people standing 
on those cliffs. A little stick man, like I said. Anybody can do it. Draw a stick man on those cliffs. And just emphasize that these are the only choices we have. We're on one of these cliffs. We're on the side that we are uh, standing upon a, a shaky foundation of sin and death. Or we are with God and have eternal life. And, and there's, these are the two ways that, in which we can live our life. And then you can kind of talk maybe about ways that people try to bridge that gap. You can talk about uh, good works and, and maybe draw a little bridge that doesn't get there and talk about for, uh, uh, for we all have fallen short of the glory of God. We're all sinners and so we can't bridge that gap of separation that has been created between us and God. And so you can talk about uh, some of the ways in which, and you talk about because of God's holiness, it's necessary for that gap to be there, for Him to be just. And then in Romans 6.23, you can circle in Christ Jesus of how we get eternal life and, and draw that cross, that wonderful cross in the middle that bridges that gap. Jesus, talk about that cross and what happened on that cross. The, the crucifixion and how our sins were placed upon Him, that He died as a substitute for those sins so that we could be brought over from sin and death into life with God. And you can... Uh, there's a little circle there, uh, there's a little error there uh, with the man on the left. And that is, you talk about Jesus being Lord. There's a, in, in Romans 6.23, you circle that word Lord, Jesus Christ our Lord, that if you turn from your sin and, and you believe He is all that He said He was, and you begin to move in the direction of God, that is salvation, to, to turn in, in, in a new direction. Not that you're not going to make more mistakes, but, but your heart is turned to God. And He is your Lord. You turn and you trust Him. You repent and you put all your trust. You quit trusting anything else that you're trusting in and you trust in God. Anyone, anyone can do that. Two cliffs two stick men, and a cross in between. And just, just share from Romans 6.23 of the verses that you'll find on your card of just the reality of the Gospel and, and what the Gospel is. And sometimes many people, and it's perfectly good just to think of this as, a training, as training wheels. You know, just, just some type of method, whether it's this, whether it's... Uh, Two ways to live is, a, is another great way to share the gospel. Evangelism explosion. But in many ways, they're training wheels that kind of help us have the courage. Okay, I know the things to say to communicate the gospel, but then we want to grow to where we can just sit down with someone and, uh, and share, share the gospel just and in, in, in answer the questions that they have. But I would surmise that we all we all can do this with people. We can all share the gospel. 
I'm going to ask you to please stand. As our musicians come, I want you to take to take that card out. Just put it in your hands. And as we as a church commit this morning to say, I'm going to take some initiative this week. I'm not going to tell you when to use this card. I'm not even going to tell you how to use this card. This is you taking the initiative. But I want you to take this card and keep it with you this week. And every morning that you have this card, ask God, God, give me an opportunity to give this card away. If you don't yet feel comfortable just really going in depth with someone in the Gospel, at the very least, you can hand this card to someone and say, hey, this has our service times. I go to Wyatt Baptist Church, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I don't know that if you go anywhere or not, but if you don't, uh, we would love to have you at Wyatt Baptist Church. It's got our Bible study time and our morning worship. It's got uh, where, where you can find uh, our website and information about our church. And I just want to give this to you and, and say that Man, I really enjoy our church, and we're doing some great things. We preach the gospel there. And I just want to encourage you to, to come and be a part. Or maybe, maybe you do feel prepared, and God would give you that opportunity to sit down with someone and just walk through that picture with them. And I just want to encourage everyone to take this card. and Maybe make it a point every Sunday to pick up a new one. But this week, let us as a church commit to give this card away. Whether it's just a simple invitation, whether it's a gospel presentation, whatever it might be, whatever God might lay on your heart to do, I want to encourage you to take up that challenge and invite someone to church or invite someone to believe the gospel. We can all do this. We can all do this. Let's pray. Dearly Father, God, God, for some of us, God, it's, it's just not that hard. We just like to talk to people. And it's nothing to invite them to church or to share the gospel. God, for some of us, that the thought, <laughs> the thought just scares us to death. We're just not that great at starting conversations. We just... We're just not. And so, God, I just pray that, that you would just alleviate all our fears and just help us all just to commit to this one thing this week. God, help us to just be able to hear stories this week about what you did. God, that we might see people in our service that, that, that are here in the next couple of weeks because of this. God, we want to be people that are engaged in the ministry of reconciliation. And God, that means so many things. Help us to realize that it at least means just inviting people to church and, and sharing what you've done in our life. God, help us, move us, give us courage. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I ask you to respond however God's called you to respond. Maybe, maybe you need a lot of prayer with the courage to do this. Maybe 
just through hearing the gospel presentation, maybe for the first time you realize you don't believe it, I'll be right down here. I'd love to take you through it again and, and share with you how you can know uh, Christ this morning. Respond however God's placed on your heart. I hear the Savior say Thy strength indeed is small Child of weakness, watch and pray Find in me thine all in all Jesus paid it all All to him I Had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Lord, now indeed I find thy power and thine alone. And change the leper's spots and melt the heart of stone. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Nothing good have I whereby thy grace to claim. I'll wash my garments white in the blood of Calvary's Lamb. Jesus paid it all, all to him I left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow and when before the throne I stand in him complete Jesus died my soul to say, my lips shall still repeat, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe, sin had left a crimson stain, he our deacons to come forward now and take the morning offering.
In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, Lord, we come, we're gathered together, to lift up your name, to call on our Savior, to fall on your grace, hear the joyful sound of our offering, as your saints bow down, as your people sing, we will rise with you, lifted on your wings, and the world will see that our God saves, our God saves, there is hope in your name. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, Lord, we come gathered together, lift up your name, call on our Savior, fall on your grace, hear the joyful sound of our offering, as your saints bow down, as your people sing, we will rise with you, lifted on your wings, and the world will see that our God saves, our God saves, there is hope in your name, morning times, songs of
for being here this morning, especially if you're a guest. We hope you'll come back and visit with us every time you have the opportunity. One more announcement this morning. If you're planning to go on the Chicagoland trip uh, over Labor Day weekend, you need to meet with Michael Rogers in the Membership Matters room over on this side by the Welcome Center. Uh, Meet with him immediately following uh, our dismissal this morning. If you're going on the Chicagoland trip, uh, please meet with Michael. John Delton, would you come and take a mic and close us in prayer this morning? Father God, we just come to you today, and just as this song say, says, you, you say, Father, and that's what you've called us to do as your children, is we're just to go out into the world and, and share hope and share the joy that you've given to us as, as your children, Father. And I just pray today, as we leave, we'll take the words that Adam shared with us today about how we're all called to share how we've been reconciled to you, and that, that you'll just give each one of us that desire and Father, most of all, that you'll give us the courage to to share what you've done in our lives as, as we share with others what you've done, Father. I just thank you for the way that you love us. And Father, I just thank you so for this church and for the staff you've given us who call us together and, and challenge us to be who you've called us to be as believers. All these things I ask in Jesus' name, Father. Amen.